listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. This is 30 on Broadway. I've scratched Nick from today's lineup. <coughs> I did not tell him why. But we're not going to dwell on it. Because it's not time no, for it. No, I'm going to dwell on it. <laughs> I'm going to dwell on it. I am now going to sign an offer sheet to go elsewhere. So any any Ranger podcast looking to <laughs> offer sheet me, I will, I, I will sign an offer sheet. And I can guarantee you, Chris will not match it because no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to give up the compensation for me. So. Not, I just won't match it. So, just, you want to play that game? I'll play that game. So, I'm go. gonna I'm gonna go the opposite way of Capo Caco. I'm gonna totally throw Chris under the bus, <laughs> and then drive it right over his head, and then back up and make sure I did wow. the job. Wow. All right. Well, anyways. Well, I'm going to be totally unprofessional about it. Kako went, took the high road. I'm going to take he the did. low road. It's impressive. Again, showed more on the growth of the kids, which we'll talk about. All right. Totally professional. Totally this, professional. This episode, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break down the playoffs, other than a quick summary. John Cooper. Listen to his interview clip. He summed it up perfect. The Rangers ran out of gas. They, they ran out of gas. They kind of shot themselves in the foot in the first round. Penguin fans are still crying that, oh, we could have beaten Tampa. No, you couldn't have. Yeah, okay. No, you you shouldn't even have gotten five games on the Rangers. Let's be honest. Penguins are a joke. Their time is finished. Get over it. Get used to it. Um, they shot themselves in the foot in round one. You knew Carolina was going to go deep. Unfortunately, that's the Rangers she, just played too much hockey. That's too what many she days. said, by the way. Uh, sure. And <laughs> not only too much hockey in too many days, they had too many injuries. And yeah, Ryan Strom. Listen, you can all you can you can point to game five. With the empty net, trust me, I screamed. Me and Nick both, I think, screamed at each other at the same time when that play happened. How many times have we seen that, the the whiffing of an empty net? I mean, you could sit there and say that was the moment that was it was over. No, it was over. It was was over over at game three. It was over in game three. When they gave up the lead with 20 minutes to go. Yep. I talked about this on a past podcast. When I I don't care about 2 nothing leads in hockey anywhere. I know statistics in the playoffs say otherwise. But I feel like when you have a team like Tampa and you're up two games to nothing and the ride that the Rangers were flying on and we were all. I mean, that that's what I think. That's what I think makes this exit hurt more. To an extent, is because we were we were we were full throttle. We could we 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 were full throttle, ready to roll, and 
in the blink of an eye in game three, we kind of gave it away. And I think Elliot that's what Freeman. kind of sucks is, is you get reverse swept. Elliot and... Friedman said it best. The Rangers had Tampa on the run. They did. And we let them and off the mat. And you can't let he, them off the mat. He said he thinks the Rangers had Tampa more on the ropes than Toronto did. I don't disagree and, with that. And I, I don't disagree with it either. Because the Rangers are 20 minutes away from having a 3 nothing series lead. And Tampa showed that when you have a champion down, you better you better swing for the knockout. Yeah. And, and I, I think, and I think honestly, it all goes back to just being gassed. I think that's what it all goes back to. Well, I, I, but I also think it goes back to inexperience, too. A lot of these players yeah. have never been in that situation before. Well, like I, I said, like I said after game five, Tampa was never letting this thing go seven. It was never coming back to the garden. It was never. It was never coming back to the guard. And, and Igor did everything that he could to try to. He did six. I mean, it was ridiculous. That game should have been four, five, nothing by the end of the first period. The fact that the Rangers had a shot in that game was purely a testament to Igor Shesterkin's season, and why I firmly believe he is the heart. He should win the heart. He should. Tampa. Um, Tampa has. Tampa has a nose. For when blood is in the water, and they were closing that thing out Saturday night, there was no way yeah. it was ever coming back to the Garden. As much as I hate saying that, it, it's one of those things where they have the killer instinct. They know that if that goes to Game Seven with the Rangers, how they've been playing at the Garden, anything can happen. Oh yeah, for sure. And you, you know, and I know they trust Vasilevsky and they believe in Vasilevsky, and I don't doubt. And I don't blame them because, in my opinion, Andre Vasilevsky is already one of the four greatest goalies of all time. I I think Vasilevsky has done more than enough to show how great he is. And, I mean, when you just look at his numbers in elimination in closeout games for Tampa Bay, ungodly. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, Absolutely ridiculous. It also goes back to why I hated the Igor's better chance. I yeah, love Igor. I love Igor. I do. Igor is not better than Andre Vasilevsky. He's not. Not yet. I don't know if he'll ever be better than Vasilevsky, and that's okay. I mean, who knows? But, I mean, Vasilevsky I mean, is a, a generational goaltender. I mean, to, to sum it up, like Elliot Freeman, and Freeman made this point on 32 Thoughts, um, when you look at goaltenders, I think you have to look at them in tiers. And Andre Vasilevsky right now is in a tier of his own above everybody else. And then right underneath him, and then underneath him is Igor Shesterkin. And he goes, that's not a knock to be a tier below the guy who's in his own tier by himself. And he even said that Shesterkin is in his own tier. So he, he said it's Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, and then everybody else. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I again, I just point back to it. I just think the team ran out of gas. They didn't take advantage of opportunities from the first round. And they, they let that series go long. And I think that all kind of goes back to growing and, and, 
and learning, you know, growing pains and inexperience and things, but the big guns not firing until late, you know, and then again, kind of in the second round, you you can only do that so much before it catches up to you, but it's still, as much as it sucks to get knocked out, this season overall from top to bottom was just a, a, I, I can't sum it up other than amazing. And I had Kyle Hall from the Broadway hat. He's going to be jumping on in a segment in just a few moments um, to round out the episode. I had him on to talk about it. And, you know, we had him on when the Gerard Gallant hiring was announced. Had him on during, you know, the, the week of Hank Knight, Hank's retirement. I mean, and of course, now to kind of recap the playoffs. And you, know, you go through what this season was and everything that was, was great about this season. There was so much positive. And then, you know, the question marks, sure. What team doesn't really have question marks? Unless you're a team like Tampa. But even they had question marks this year. And then you get to the trade deadline and all the moves that Drury did. And they all fired off. They worked beautifully. And then you get into the playoffs and you're like, hey, you just want to get in. You wanted to beat Pittsburgh. I think that was the thing was you you wanted and you should have beat Pittsburgh. And we did. And, you know, I know I kind of was going bold and saying, I think they could beat Carolina. I think they could do it. I think they could beat whoever. They go out and they beat Carolina. And you're sitting there and you're saying, holy crap. Now they're up 2 nothing on Tampa. And you're like, it's relatively possible that this team could get to the cup final. In a year where we were like, get into the playoffs and let's see what they can do. They not only get into the playoffs, but they get two wins away from the Stanley Cup final. And I think that just puts a, a, a bow on a terrific season. Disappointing? Sure. But holy I'm crap, you can't even, be nah. optimistic. You can't not it's be not, optimistic. It's, it's not even disappointing. Losing is not disappointing. Losing to Tampa Bay is not disappointing. There's nothing. To, this season has been an unmitigated success. There's no other way to say it. it. It's been a great year. And anybody who says anything otherwise, if you're a Ranger fan who doesn't think that this year was a success, go kick rocks, watch competitive bass fishing, because hockey ain't for you. There is no shame in going down to the champs. There is no shame in, in going down and can you be upset that you were up 2 nothing and could have been 3 nothing? Absolutely. But realistically, any Ranger fan, did you really think we were beating Tampa? I thought we could. I thought, I, I, I mean, you no, know, you know I, from the previous episodes. I thought we could. Did you actually think we were going to in your heart? I, I honestly thought, I mean, hell, the bracket, I picked the Rangers to go all the way. I thought with the way the team was going into the playoffs, I thought the way it lined up, I had no faith. The way I looked at it, this was how I broke it down to me. I thought Pittsburgh was, that was a five-gamer at best than what it should have been. So I said, you get through Pittsburgh, you're going to probably draw Carolina. Although Carolina ain't really scaring me because there's question marks there. And you saw what Carolina had to go through just to get past get past uh, Boston, a team that didn't have the depth that the Rangers had once they went into the deadline. You know, and I'm looking around, I'm looking at Florida, and I'm saying, you know what, Florida, they don't scare me. Bobrovsky doesn't scare me in goal. Look at what Washington did to Florida. They almost took them to the ropes. 
Look at Toronto and Tampa. They slugged it out. Blowout game, blowout game, beating each other up for seven games. So I'm sitting here going, you know what? If the Rangers could get past, past Pittsburgh here, Carolina and Tampa are probably the two biggest threats to them. But I got to believe that I feel like Carolina is going to shoot themselves in the foot. And they largely did. The problem to me was, at the end of the day, the problem was you allowed the Pittsburgh series to go too long and you allowed Tampa to get off the mat. Everything had to roll perfect, but it was there. The potential was there. <laughs> right, but you're not answering my question. You just you you danced around it. Did you really believe that the Rangers were going to beat Tampa Bay? I thought they yeah, I, I thought they could have beat Tampa. No, no, no. Not I had them beating Tampa in my bracket. Okay, okay, there you go. I did not realistically think we could we were going to beat Tampa. I I, I did based I on even, depth I of even, our roster. I even said as much. Oh no, no, you did. You and I were yin and yang, yin and yang because you were always kind of on the pessimistic side, and I was on the optimistic, which was odd. Wasn't wasn't usually... pe- wasn't pessimistic. It was just more of what we saw Tampa do to us is what I believe Tampa could do. Like that is, and I have respect for the champs because until somebody beats you, until somebody beats them, they're still the champs. Well, yeah, no, you're 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 right. I mean, you're 100 percent right. But I think and, if the Rangers could have kept their foot to the pedal, like they did in the beginning of the series, we're not sitting here today talking about this. Well, no, we're probably getting ready for Game Seven, but or we're talking about Colorado. You know. I, I just I look at this year and it's a success to me. I agree. Hundred percent. I you know, I, I always believed the Rangers were a playoff team, whether it was they were gonna be the third seed in the Metro or they were gonna be a wild card team. I had always wholeheartedly wholeheartedly believed that the Rangers were gonna make the playoffs this year. I did not expect fifty two wins. I did not expect over a hundred point you know, over hundred and five points. That was a shock. What did I know going into the year? I knew we had elite high-end talent. I knew we had we had a goalie, despite what everybody else wanted to believe. I knew we had a number one defenseman in Adam Fox. I was unsure about some of the kids. You know, I would like to see Filipino from the playoffs for 82 games next year or at least 65 games, three quarters of that, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, man, kid just said to me, he's going to be the captain of the New York Rangers. I don't know when, but I know he's going to be the captain of the New York Rangers at some point. (laughs) Ryan Lindgren. I've always loved Lindgren. I've always been a huge Lindgren guy. I, a I just an absolute warrior. He is like I've been telling people for a couple of years. He is he's a better version of Dan Girardi. If Dan Girardi ever could have skated, he'd be Ryan Lindgren. Keandre Miller, stud in the making. Yep. I mean. You want Huge to talk about strides. a coming 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 Huge out party? Strides. Playing under pressure against Sidney Crosby. 
and didn't look out of place. Bodying of Genny Malkin, which Kyle and I talk about. Like, you know, all aboard the Miller hype train. You know, I know a lot of people were always a big believer in Miller. I was waiting for something like this postseason from him to really get on board. And, oh, good God. Yep. He he is gonna be he is gonna be absolutely disgusting as he keeps getting older. You know the Rangers have a bona fide top four blue line, Brayden Schneider, yep. who was only supposed to come up for a cup of coffee this year, and stuck. Yep. And here's the other thing about Schneider, I didn't really really see any holes in his game. I mean now, yeah. There, there was some, there's some growing pains, yeah. But, like, when you look, like, when I compare him to the early returns of Keandre Miller, Miller, the one thing I always said about him, he likes to get caught in the neutral zone a little too much. I didn't see that from Schneider. Yeah. The beautiful thing about Schneider is, too, when guys try to go wide to take him wide to get speed on him, he never loses them, and he doesn't, clutch or grab to take stupid penalties. You may think you have him beat, but he still stays with you and still finds a way to make a defensive play. That's something that you can't coach. That's something that you either have or you don't, and he's got it. I mean, you know, I love what I saw from Mika this year. Another relatively slow start, and then calendar flipped to March, and Mika's like, all right, time to get ready to go here, boys. Yep. Chris Kreider, welcome to the party, finally. Just in the playoffs, stop drifting above the hash marks. The regular season, you didn't drift above the hash marks, you were a monster. I mean, I, the Rangers have a, have a power play. A legitimate, bona fide power play. I mean, for years, we begged to have a power play. Now the Rangers have a power play that teams are actually afraid of. And and people want to complain about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, you can't just just win scoring on the power play, and this this year did show that. I mean, which is is a fair argument. I mean, we've we've talked about it, but you're not going to apologize for it. We'll be like, nope, not going to do it. You know, look, I I have nothing but good things to take away from this year. I mean, one of the biggest positives, Chris Drury mended fences with Vitaly Kravtsov. And Kravtsov came out and said that he wants to play in New York. <coughs> that that's, that's also huge. And one of the bigger positives for me is Chris Drury, how he handled the deadline, because... He, you know, yeah, some of the holes were Drury's fault, no doubt. But at least he was able to identify what he did wrong, go out, address it, not oversell, and make the team better. Like, there's, there's a lot of things to look forward to here. It's going to suck saying goodbye to Ryan Strom. You know, I, I really liked Strom. For four years, he was a good Ranger. Watching 
what happened to him this year was, was, was sad. Because I was always hoping that the regression wouldn't come, and it, it did at the worst possible time. And that and that does suck because you can tell that Strom really loves being a Ranger. I don't think Strom will be back, and I I just hate that it went out on this kind of postseason because I I don't think that's fair to him. You know, in, in a way, because he he's a lot better than what he showed this postseason, and the guy played hurt. He really battled. He really battled. So I, I, I respect him for that. I you know I really hope that Strom find find somewhere where he can he can get paid and he has you know good job security because he's earned that. So I, I'm really rooting for Ryan Strom. I would like to bring back Tyler Mott. If Frank Vetrano would like to come back at like two million dollars. That would be cool. Um, if Andrew Cop doesn't uh, want to get paid Mondo money, that would also be nice. But I mean, when I'm looking forward to next, man, I'm already looking forward to next year. I mean, Gerard Gallant said it today. He views Lafreniere and Kako as top six wingers. Yep. So. I know that doesn't jive with the he scratched Capo Caco. And I get it. That was a stupid decision. No doubt. I hated that decision. But, you know, look, professional coaches will often make dumb decisions. They do it a lot. They do it a lot more than they don't. But, man. I am I am super excited about the Rangers moving forward. I, I am so happy with this team. I'm so happy for this season. I, I just I can't say enough good things about everything that happened this year. I mean, look, just for me on a personal level, I got to see my first ever Rangers shutout in person when Igor shut out Columbus. I got to see Adam Fox score live. I got to see Panarin score live. I got to see Chris here after five years. Yep. Our first Ranger game together in five years. I got, you know, I got to go to my first ever postseason game ever. And the Rangers won. I got to see a friend I haven't gotten to see in eight years who I missed dearly. I made a bunch of, you know, and also it also helps that I was undefeated at the Garden this year. That was also nice. I was five and zero on the year. So they lost game five because you didn't come. Well, <laughs> you know, find yeah. find me find me a job and somewhere to live back north, and you know, oh, man. no, but um, I think look, I I think like you said, it, this season, you know, there's there's time we could we could digest. I know we did a little bit of breaking it down. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. Top to bottom, this was a great season. Um, you hope that this is the building blocks of something bigger and even better. Um, you know there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, which we'll start talking about more in upcoming episodes. You know, what happens with 
you know, Ryan Strom, what happens with Cop, Vetrano, Mott, you know, Justin Braun, um, who, who Kyle talks about in his segment as, you know, uh, you know, he, he played a, he played an important role for the Rangers. And he on, mentored Schneider along the way, which is huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, then they talk about, you know, the players that are, are likely gone. You know, there's a couple of RFAs that are, that the, the I think the ship has sailed. Um, so there's some things that are going to happen with this team. There's some changes that are going to come. And you just, you know, I, I don't know how you don't go into the offseason or into next season unless something d- dramatically terrible happens without optimism. Now, I know not to be a Debbie Downer, but that doesn't always mean it's linear because, and I've seen that brought up a couple times, and I was like, that's, you know, interesting thing. They got to the Eastern Conference Final this year. You you got to have some freaking luck along the way. You really do. And you just hope that the Rangers take care of business and take care of whatever they need to do, get this roster, the ice the roster next season. It's the best possible roster that they can. You know, the kids continue to build off of this postseason. If Philip Hedl can even give you, like you said, three-quarters of a season of what he did in the playoffs, holy crap, thank you, fine, thank you. He's here. Lafreniere, I think you already know what you got coming. Everybody was so quick to label him as a bust in the beginning of the season and rip on him and give him crap. He had himself a quiet, good little quiet year. And he looked great in the playoffs. Capococco, I know the offensive production wasn't there in the playoffs, but damn, the kid was strong along the boards. He didn't get pushed around. He didn't get pushed around. And I just look at that line could potentially become an absolute force in the NHL. And then you have, you know, right now, what's going to happen with Kratzoff? Signs the one-year deal. One-way contract. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. I know a lot of people were jumping, oh my god, he has to be with the Rangers. No, it doesn't mean that. But it's a stepping stone of, is he another option on 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 the Rangers? Or is it, hey, now we've got a, 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 a bargaining chip, a trade chip. Maybe we can go out. Maybe, you know, maybe we look at Strom, likelihood not back. Cop, you know, Vetrano, Ma, I would love to get all three of those guys back. You would have to talk about severe, serious discounts. I know Vetrano said he's got unfinished business. Hey, maybe there's this, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it somehow works out. Pure speculation. Cop also sounded like somebody who's coming back. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, but Drury's got his work cut out for him. So I just hope that we go into next season with the optimism, and I and I firmly believe we will, of the window is opening for the Rangers. And hey, look, take it for what it's worth. You may not like the guy, but John Cooper even said it post game. Yeah, that Gerard Gallant will be sitting in his spot. You know, talking about going to the Stanley Cup final in the non too in the not too distant future. And, and I mean, it might not be next year. It might not. It might. I mean, it, it might. Look, I, I I even wrote about it writing the post mortem for the Rangers this year. To win a Stanley Cup, it takes building up scar tissue. It it, it doesn't just happen. It never just happens. There's got to be bumps along the way. There has to be setbacks. There has to be moments and and, and building blocks and and. You know, people 
want to say it's a dumb cliche, but I really believe it. You have to learn how to lose before you can ever learn how to win. Yeah. Tampa Bay, multiple, I mean, lost in the cup final, multiple Eastern Conference final losses. Uh, It took them a while to get where they are. Swept in the first round of the playoffs by an inferior opponent. Yeah. Embarrassed. Embarrassed. Embarrassed in that Embarrassed. I mean, that wasn't yeah. even – that should have never happened. I mean, we were all sitting here. We were all sitting here when that happened saying, Cooper's got to go. This team's got to get blown. This is a disaster. <clears throat> and then and look what happened. They stayed the course and, you know. And I like to tweaks. think the Rangers are a little ahead of the curve with that because I feel like what the Rangers did in the offseason and also in the trade deadline – with the the depth additions that they made, they kind of followed the path sort of of what Tampa eventually got to. I think the biggest thing for the Rangers is going to be they have to they have to have their own checking line. They need to find a a Sorelli line. They need to find a stall line. Like when you look and see what Carolina and and uh, Tampa had, Sorelli and Kalorn may not have. Scored a bunch of goals in the conference final, but they made life miserable for Zibanejad. And that's one of those things where the Rangers are going to have to copy. They're going to need to find their own their own checking line that makes the top line for the other team just miserable. Yep. So, but yeah, no, there, there's, there's nothing but the but positives here. Like I. If you're going to listen to this and, you know, you're going to come at me on Twitter being negative, don't even want to hear it. Not even going to engage with you. Um, I'm all for engaging, but I will not, I, I, I will not talk about it. Like there is nothing negative about this Ranger season. Sucks to lose. It always sucks to lose. You hate losing. Trust me. I am the, I, I'm like the biggest sore loser ever. All you know, all the time, but this after the Rangers beat Carolina, I, I I had I had nothing. It was all gravy for me from there. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I, I I look back at this season and say that I like I I love this team. This was one of my most favorite Ranger teams of all time. Um, yeah, disappointed it ended, but man, just the, the, the thought of what's to come and what's to potentially be there is, is really exciting. And I can't wait for October. Like I can't wait for puck drop. Like I, I just, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right. I mean, look, I love this Ranger team more than I love the, the team that went to the cup final. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. I, my that team, I was in love with that team, but I was more, I I was more like there was more of a love attachment to like Marty St. Louis. Yeah, because I yeah. felt like he was like that galvanizing force of this team. This this year, I feel like the whole team was like you felt the energy. I we, I talked about it like literally after Game Two of the Eastern Conference Final. My my trip home from the city is kind of stupid. It's it's an hour and a half train ride into Connecticut, and then it's an hour and a half or so drive home. And the hour and a half drive home 
at like 1.30 in the morning, just all pitch black highway up into the northwest corner of Connecticut. I'm just sitting there, and in my head, it's just replaying. I'm like, you just start, like, you, you kind of start, like, recapping and, like, just soaking it all in. And it's, like, everything. Like, the building, the garden, and I know a lot of it's COVID and all this crap, but the garden being alive the way it was, John Brancy being a freaking unbelievable anthem singer. Just, I mean, the little things. The garden, the fans, you know, social media, the city, seeing the Rangers, like, it, seeing everything come alive. And then just the way, just the way it all came together was just, to me, was just special. It's, it's the only way I could say it. I don't disagree. It, it, it was special. Like, th- this is, this was, you could feel that this team was different before the deadline, and you knew that if they made some moves and they made some tweaks here and there, that they could be a really, really, really good team. You know, I don't think anybody knew that they could be this good, but it was just, you could see that this team also really loved each other. That this team, they care about each other, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, they fight for each other. And that's, that's something... Big, that's a big thing. Yeah, and that and that's something that we haven't seen since, honestly, the black and blue shirts. Yeah. The, like, really, the last time I could actually say that about a Rangers squad was the 2012 team under Tortorella. Yeah. A team that absurdly overachieved. Yeah. Absurdly. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, I got Kyle, our segment with Kyle to wrap up the podcast in, in just around the clip. Um, we're kind of doing a little bit of a, a run through. We, we had some awesome guests on the show this season. Uh, we're planning on many more next year. Um, so the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of roll through and get everybody on just to kind of recap the season and, and kind of look back and reflect. And then we'll start doing the look ahead. Um, we're looking to get Jake Hahn on again to kind of kick off, you know, Stanley Cup final, maybe, um, as well as, you know, a look ahead. Uh, we've got the Hockey Craze Radio is uh, is coming back. I found, I traced it back. 2010. 2010 is when Hockey Craze Radio first started. And then it really kind of picked up around 2012. So I kind of st- I started it way back. And I might even be pre-2010. But then, like, you and Sean and everybody else was heavy around the 2012 time. I found some stuff. I found some files. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) I was like, this is bad. (laughs) But bringing back Hockey Craze Radio, um, we've got a bunch of new stuff going on on the FHN.net, which is our our network home. Um, We've got a a lot of new writers coming in from another group inside the club. We also have something special brewing for 30 on Broadway. We have something something special coming with 30 on Broadway. Um, Something in the air. I'm I'm hoping to put the finishing touches on that. We've got a partnership that's kicking off real soon with Manscaped. Really excited about that. Can't touch on it right now, but we're going to jump into that. Uh, Well, yeah, can't touch on it right now because we're on the air. So, yeah. You get it? It's a, it's it because Manscaped, it's a joke. Uh, whatever. Oh, Jesus, really? Oh, but, God. 
What? I'm not allowed. <laughs> Seriously, they, I'm not allowed to make a ball joke. No, you can't. Right. You can't. But okay. but that's gonna kick off next week. So we're really excited about that. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> and we've got you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of new writers coming in, not necessarily on the Rangers side, but on from from another site inside the puck that we've had join us that are starting to get, you know, jumpstart the FHN.net. We've got a lot of things going on there. So we've got big things coming. On the 30 on Broadway side, uh, we've got some things, like I said, I'm putting the finishing touches on, um, hoping to wrap those things up so we can we can get that, uh, get that out and start uh, having some fun. And uh, for now, enjoy Kyle Hall from the Broadway High Podcast as he gives his final thoughts on the season. And we'll see you guys next time. All right, so I've got Kyle from the Broadway Hat Podcast joining us. He's been with us a couple of times this season and in, in all key moments, really, too. Uh, we, we had him on first time, I think, was the Gallant when they had just announced yeah. Gerard Gallant. And then, uh, of course, we had you on for, for Hank before Hank Knight. Um, and now we get the chance to talk to you again and kind of recap the season and from from the Gerard Gallant hiring until to today, what sum up the, sum up the season in one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I mean, uh, yeah, I think when we talked during Gallant, the whole conversation was about free agency, right? Like that's what we were talking about yeah. who we needed. I was pushing for Barkley Goodrow, and that was like the the last conversation we had. And, and sure enough, they got him. And um, man, was he an animal for them? But, I mean. This year, it cracks me up. We were talking right beforehand, like Ranger Twitter, like freaking out about some of the stuff that happened, you know, player personnel issues here in the playoffs. But it's like, if you were to tell either one of us or any Ranger fan in general that they would be one of the last three teams standing at the end of the season, they'd be in an Eastern Conference final against Tampa. I'd tell you you were crazy. I would say, you know, I, I think the playoffs were the goal. Um, and then I think right around probably the All-Star break, you're kind of like, this team can do something, right? Like it was right around Hank night when we talked. Like, hey, this team, like they're they're they, there's something there. Like they have the goaltending. Like the the kids were not even playing as well as they could have by them, but like the the veterans were stepping up. Kreider was playing well, and you're like, you know what? Maybe they can do something this year. Like maybe you know this team should not fall apart. And then they went to the trade deadline. They picked up. I mean, every single trade deadline pickup they had worked perfectly. Like. Jury hit it out of the park for every every single guy. It's like not one guy didn't pan out. Like it was crazy, and uh, yeah, and I mean, they just uh, the, the playoffs were incredible. I mean, every every series they came back. Obviously, Tampa they didn't, but um, it, it just like Ranger fans had to sit back and appreciate like this. This was an unbelievable season. Like, it, it's one of the best Ranger teams in franchise history. When you look at the you know the stats and everything, like. We saw a 50-goal score. It's only been four times in Rangers history now that we've seen a 50-goal score. We saw Igor Shesterkin do things that Lundqvist didn't do. You know, it's like they got to like, – Ranger fans need to appreciate what they saw this year. And I feel like a lot of them are just pissed off they lost, which yeah, you're allowed to be upset your team lost. But, you know, you got to look back at the season and be like, this was a major success. Gerard Gallant clearly was uh, the right hire, right? Like, I feel like you can say, oh, Kaku should have played last game. Like, that. Eh. The guy was a finalist, like the like for the coach of the year. Like he, he's allowed to make a decision that he thinks is going to help his team. But, um, you know, I, I think right now, like looking forward, to the Rangers, like you got to be so excited about this core right now. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think you, you, you nailed it. And I and I know, like like you said, yeah, you're disappointed it ended because, and I think it's more disappointing because the Rangers went up two nothing in the series yeah. on Tampa, and you're sitting there going, "Holy crap!" I mean, I went to game, I, I was able to get in the building for game two, and you know, on the way home, you know, on, on the car and after the train, I'm just sitting there, and I'm going, "Holy shit, we're two games away. <laughs> we're, we're we've got Tampa on the ropes." And in my head, I'm thinking, game three is huge. Yeah, like game, you can't give them anything. So I guess you know you could say to to watch what happened, to get reverse swept, and just to see, you know, the team ran out of gas, and I think it all kind of stems to this this magical season, really, where we've saw all the comeback wins. You know, one of the top the top team in the NHL in comeback wins. You know, Igor Shesterkin playing to a heart level caliber. I mean, in my opinion, is the heart is is probably should be the heart trophy winner. I mean, clear, clear shot Vezina winner. Yeah. Uh, you have Kreider, who finally is, like, uncaged and unleashed, uh, becomes a dominating force on the power play. And then, you know, like you said, everybody, you know, everybody's screaming about Drury over the offseason, and, and rightfully so with the Pavel Buchnevich trade. And then he comes into the trade deadline, and he just hits a grand slam. Yeah. And, you know, so you, you, when you sit back, you kind of – and that's what we did with this episode. We were like – yeah, we could sit back. We could digress what went wrong in game six. We could sit back and say, oh, this is why they lost. So this is why they got bounced out. But it was more like, hey, we got to the freaking Eastern Conference final. And it was like we wanted to get into the playoffs and do some damage. And it was like we got in and we're like, hey, we could potentially go on a run here now. I know. In the first year of a window. And it's like – and then to see what the kids did. And that was the biggest thing to me. And that, that was kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you is – you know, with the kids, we saw a lot of inconsistencies through the year, and we saw like we saw spurts and, and glimpses of it here and there. But then the postseason came on, and it was like these guys turned to another page. And like, what were your thoughts on the kids? Yeah, they're all grown up, right? Like they yeah. they they stepped up. I mean, the the two guys. I mean, you could say Keandre. It's funny because Keandre doesn't get lumped in with the kids so much, right? Like the yeah. kid line gets a lot of the shine, but like. Keandre Miller, you could argue, I mean, Fox is unbelievable, but you could argue Keandre Miller was the most consistent defenseman for the Rangers all playoffs. Just the way that he contributed, not only the DN, but jumping in the play, really pushing the offense. I was so impressed by him. I think I tweeted out, it was, I think the Pittsburgh series, when he stood up Malkin. Um, there was a player where Malkin came in one-on-one with him, and he just stepped right into his chest. Yep. And I was like, Keandre Miller is turning into a superstar. Like he, he's not afraid of anyone. He was pushing back. He was scrapping, and that's the whole thing. Like people were like, he's a huge kid. He's like six five, whatever he is. He's got to be more physical. And I think you started to see more of that physical play in the playoffs. And uh, and I think it got Jacob Truba, who's out there laying hits like that. I think he sees that, and maybe he doesn't have to be a Truba, but he can see that that physical play it does have a, a place in hockey. And it's important to remember that he he's only played defense, I think, since college. Like he yeah, he hasn't had he, he was a forward, so like he's still learning this position. And the Rangers, like he's gonna be like he's restricted this offseason, right? He's does he is he an RFA this offseason or is it next offseason? I forget um, what it is. I want to say but it's next season, but it's a next offseason. So he's gonna be an interesting decision to see if they try to extend him early now or play that out because that's gonna be an interesting deal of what he gets. Yeah, he's an RFA next year. Yeah, next year. So it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see what they do with him. But um, but yeah. So I think Keandre Miller was the one young guy who I was like, wow. Like, and you look at the Rangers' defense. Like, 
And Braden Schneider also held his own yeah. like the entire yeah. playoffs. Like no one talks since, about. Him. No, and since was it January or February when he stepped into the lineup and he just did not let go of that spot. Like yep. they brought Braun and then it's like oh Braun and Nemeth are gonna be the the two guys maybe in the playoffs <laughs> and he got benched <laughs> for that one game Schneider and he came back. Then was it the Jersey game that he came back when he he uh, beat up the guy after he scored the goal and whatever else is like yeah it was um, yeah oh, man. who 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 went after he, him. He laid a whooping on him, too. He, I forget he, the guy's he name. wailed on him. Yeah, he killed him. And I don't think he left the lineup since then. Like I think Lon saw that and was like, yeah, no, this kid's not leaving the lineup. And uh, he was great. And you got to look. The Rangers have five defensemen right now that in this lineup that are going to be there for hopefully years to come. And then, you know, you also have uh, Niels Lundqvist and uh, Zach Jones, who are kind of in the wings, who had okay season. Uh, Jones was better than... Uh, Niels was in Hartford, but you know, that's coming down the pipe now. You look at the forwards, I mean, Heedle all of a sudden found the scoring touch that he's never had in the NHL. You know, he almost scores more goals in the playoffs in the regular season. You got to kind of hope. And I saw in his exit interview today, he's like, now that he got a taste of playoffs, he wants it more now. And it's like, maybe this turned his game around. But yeah, the kid, and then Kako, you know, he, he didn't have the same numbers as the other two in the kid line, but I think. All season long, he was fighting some injuries. He's had a tough year. And it's unfortunately kind of the same story for him, which has been happening. You'll see flashes, and then he'll get hurt or, you know, flashes, and he kind of goes missing for a couple games. So I think he's the biggest question mark going forward for all the kids. But Lafreniere, I mean, he all of a sudden started hitting everything that moved. He's fighting Stamkos. He's scoring goals. He's He was the one guy that I felt like in, in game six, had the biggest jump on the team too. I think he had the most, the best legs on the team in game six and a lot was moving him up and down the lineup. And I, and it showed me when they had the six extra skaters there at the end of the game, Lafreniere was one of the guys out there. And that's who Galan trusted with these season line, Lafreniere on the ice. Yeah. Um, So I think Lafreniere grew so much in the playoffs and he had 19 goals this year quietly, right? Like he almost had 20 goals this year. Yeah, and everybody was labeling him as a bust. Yeah, so I think, and he's 20 years old still. So I think you got to give the kid a little bit of a break. And he said in his exit that he wants to work on a skating and, and take more reps on the right wing because that's where he's probably going to have to play. And he recognizes that. Tops, he wants to play top six minutes. Chris Kreider just scored 52 goals. And Artemi Panarin's probably the best left winger in hockey. Yeah. So. You, you're not going to – there's some guys ahead of you there. Yeah, so, you've got to figure it out. Yeah, so to hear that from a kid, like recognize that, knows what he wants has to do in the offseason, uh, just shows you like he wants to grow. He wants to, you know, he wants more ice time. He's hungry for it. So, I mean, the kid – the future is so bright. And then, you, like, even you look at some of the other players in the team that kind of stepped up in the playoffs, like a Frank Toronto, like, is he gonna come back next year? Like what, what you know what his deal is, but um, you know, I think personally I, I thought Mott had a good playoffs too. Uh, but from a kid's standpoint, like I think that those three, I would not break that lineup. I would try to keep that line together somehow next year. I don't think they can. Um, just because they're gonna have to figure out what to do with that second center line. If it is Heedle, if it's gonna be someone else, if they bring back Cop or Strom. Um, but I mean, and then you got the goalie, right? Then you got Igor Shesterkin, who that was the question mark coming into it. Oh, can he handle all these games? And uh, yeah, he can. Uh, you know, like, and I, I, I honestly think that first three overtime game like took his legs out, and that 
contributed, I think, somewhat to the Pittsburgh thing. That's what Gallant said too at the time he wanted to get it. Like he his legs were under him. Yeah. Um, but if you take those Pittsburgh games out, the guy had like a 940 save percentage in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. It ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, the future, if you look at the future's Rangers team, and the core is all there. It's just now Chris Drury, which seems like he's been really good at so far, finding the pieces. And I think it's more up front than the back end. Because I think the back end, you you have five set defensemen next year. Yeah, I don't. Gorgiev's gone, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you can't bring him back unless he signs on the minimum deal, which I don't think he will. Um, so up front, you got to somehow put basically three more solid forwards and then find a second line center and figure out what that deal is. Because right now you have sixteen core guys and you got Kratzoff come back. So who the hell knows what he's going to be? Yeah, he yeah. I, you know, I that's a question mark. Is that going to be a trade or is that going to be? Is he going to plug into a? a third line or something. I don't know what his deal is. So um, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, the two guys just circling back to Lafreniere and Miller were the two guys for me that really just stood out from the kid's standpoint. Yeah. I, I just thought it was that, that line so much of the postseason was so dominant and for, for them to be as dominant as they were. And at times for like the, the bigger guys to be quiet, uh, it just, I think it, it kind of gave you a, more of a like, yeah, man. These if they could just put this together next season, and it's like you know, you, you never know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, hey, the postseason flips, the calendar flips, and they just turn another gear, and that's how it's going to be. <laughs> but it's like if we could get any resemblance of consistency with that top, with that six or with that that line with those guys, I mean, it lights out because the league's going to be in trouble. And you know, like you said, even on the defensive side. Yeah, nobody talked about Braden Schneider, and I know people will say, "Well, he made his he made the mistakes, or it was you know he made rookie errors." But you could live with it because it never felt like anything got out of control, um, and it, he looked pretty calm and collected. And if you think about it, for most of the time, he had Patrick Nemeth on his on his off on his partner, <laughs> yeah. which is like that's 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 worse than anything that Ryan McDonough ever had to deal with as as a Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know we always talked about the the anchors that McDonough McDonough had throughout his time. So yeah, I I think the future is incredibly bright. Really curious to see what happens with all these pieces because all these deadline pieces that Jury brought in are at play, and you don't know you know money is tight. You don't have a lot of money this year. It, it gets a little bit even more tight with the following season because you've got other players that are coming up. You know, like we talked about Keandre Miller, yeah. you know, Philip Heedle, you know, Lafreniere, all re- all restricted free agents. Uh, so there's big question marks there. If you had to put your, your finger on it and say, this is, this is the guy or, or guys I want back. Ideally, I would say, bring them, get them all somehow <laughs> figure it out. But the chances of that is so remote. What would you, what would be your ideal situation? <laughs> Ideally, to be honest with you, it's crazy it sounds. I, I wouldn't mind bringing Braun back. I think he played really well in the playoffs, and uh, you got to get rid of Nemeth somehow. I don't know how the hell they're going to do it. I I saw that someone said that I forget which insider said it, but the Rangers are exploring uh, buyout opportunities with him or whatever it is to kind of clear his get him off the cap. Um, so I like I like the Braun. I don't know if he will take kind of a sixth, seventh 
position. You know, there's a guy who played top line minutes for Philly before coming over the Rangers and kind of recognized that he was moving to a contender. Um, so I don't know if he'll take those kind of minutes. He's still a very solid player because I got to think they're going to want to give one of those two kids a good shot, knowing that Schneider can be kind of a stay-at-home defenseman in the NHL like he showed. Um, it's tough to put two 20-year-olds together right away. You know, so I think him learning probably is a better shot for those two guys to make a team next year because of that. Um, and then I think you're not going to be able to keep Strom and Cop together. Like, I don't think you'll be able to keep the two of them. And it, Ryan Strom, I mean, <laughs> the guy just has a love-hate relationship with all Ranger fans right now. I mean, <laughs> he had a rough playoff, scoreless in the uh, in the Eastern Conference Final, had the injury, looked so bad that last game, which wasn't his fault. But they, he should have been out there. He should have been playing. Yeah, he should have. Um, personally, the, the, the biggest issue the Rangers have had since Brian Boyle has left is they can't win faceoffs. Andrew cops, the guy who can win faceoffs. That's kind of his like MO and, and like he can win faceoffs. He can play really good penalty killer. We saw what he can do offensively, you know, a point per game and his, since he came to the Rangers in the regular season and was one of their better players in the first and part of the second round too. Um, I would personally keep cop over Strom between the two of them and then uh if if you can keep both vetrano and mott on smaller deals i mean those are guys that mott i think is going to have a better deal than vetrano because vetrano had a better production when he came over mott had the injury and then you know he's a fourth line kind of grinder guy like vetrano you can say is a top six top nine forward so we'll probably be expecting a little bit more money um, so I think Mott will be the easier of the two to resign. I think he's a guy who can fill in on a bottom six anywhere with you. Uh, great penalty killer again, which the Rangers, I think, need. And uh, so I, I guess it would be Cop and Mott, but ideally it would be Cop for Toronto and Mott and then hope Braun somehow figures, you know, wants to stay because I don't think I don't think Nemeth is the answer as a six, seven swing guy. Just based off not only his skill but his the salary too, like I think you got to try to move him out for, I don't know if you package hell I'd package him a Kratz off and get them, and get him out of here. You know what I mean? Like I, I just something to get him out. So that could be something else. Rangers got a ton of prospects that they don't have enough room for everybody. Well, so and, and even Sammy Blake. Yeah, so you, yeah, you got Sammy Blake come back. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Rangers, and you got Hunt still under contract, too. So there's a lot of guys the Rangers are going to have that are still under contract that, you know, hey, Ryan Reeves is still there under contract. So, um, you know, do they bring back a Kevin Rooney, who I thought was one of the better face-off guys this year and played well uh, at times in the playoffs, especially in the when he came back lineup against Lightning, he was winning a ton of face-offs. I think he went like 10 for 11 in one game. Like, he had a monster a uh, couple games there, penalty killer, fourth-line guy. Um yeah, I mean, there's a ton of question marks, but I just think that from a, I think the biggest conversation that we'll all have all off season is Mott or Cop, and we'll see where they go. Um, Panarin's could probably get to go into Chris Drury's office and say, "You got to keep Ryan Strom." The two of them are tied to the hit, basically, apparently, and they played together the last what three years now together. And uh, and Andrew and and Jacob Truba is going to go into the same office and say you got to keep Andrew Cop because his best friend since they were twelve. So yep. uh, we'll see who uh, we'll see who Rangers ownership uh, sides with there. 
it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I mean, there's, there's so many question marks here. And then, you know, we have the Capococco, you know, who I, I liked his comments. I didn't like yeah. the whole situation, but I liked his comment and, and his remark about if anything, it had nothing to do with, it would have nothing to do with negotiations and being scratched. It would have more to do with motivation. Yeah. And I think that all just kind of goes back to, we just watched the kids grow up like in the blink of an eye. Um, I- I think the one thing that I had an issue with was the fact that he wasn't told he was getting scratched. Yeah. There was no conversation with him. It was just he showed up to the locker room, he was scratched, which I think 21-year-old kid, like that that's tough, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be, so, I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah, he said, he goes, I was pissed, but he's like, and I understand. I hope he understands. But, yeah, I I don't think he'll get offer sheeted. I don't see that happening. He's had too many injuries and too many yeah, I, unfulfilled no potential. One... To me, if no one – I know everybody was bringing up Matt Barzell, and I get all that. And I understand Matt Barzell, terrific player, had an incredibly down year. But if no one offers she did Braden Point. Yeah. I, I who is Jeff Gordon going to offer she him because he's in Montreal? The I only mean, that's, thing – That's maybe the only thing that I yeah. really could see happen. <laughs> I was the he's only still got to sign it. It'll be less compensation, right? Yeah. So the compensation will be less than what a point or a Barzal would get. Like That's why, I guess, people are saying it's a possibility. But who's going to give him a four-year? Like, What's the amount of money the Rangers don't sign him at, right? Is it $3 million? I, I Personally, I think it's a two-year, $2 million deal is what he gets, right? I think right now that's kind of I what think, like, – I think he would get the Filipino bridge. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think he Hedl was, yeah, so what Hedl was a two point five, right? Or was he less than that? Two point three. Two point three, yeah. So I think I think he's less than Hedl personally. I think Hedl probably had a better first couple of years, but um so I think he's a two point I don't know, say two hopefully two million a dot. I think that helps him with the cap. But you should really see a team coming in offering him three, four million dollars? Like I don't I don't see that. And it would have to be a long term deal too, you know? They'd have to do like a three or four year deal to make it worth it for them. Yeah, it would have to be. And and I know a lot of people, well, Kokaniemi with, with Carolina and that I kind of looked at that was more like a spit for, you know, tit for tat kind of thing with Montreal, yeah. I feel like. And it's like you just don't see it. I mean, the last one before that, I think, was Dustin Penner. Was the last actual offer sheet that went through and, and was signed. So I just look at it as it's just noise. And just, you know, something to just rile up everybody and get everybody riled up, which I'm sure that's going to be the domination because, you know, the Stanley Cup final going on, great Colorado-Tampa should be a phenomenal matchup. I I just – I hate to see that Tampa's – with three-peat, I really would. But at the same time, I kind of want Colorado to lose so <laughs> I could turn around and be like, oh, you remember how everybody was bitching at the Rangers for not facing real goaltending? Well, look what Colorado had to do. Yeah, they exactly. Got a real goalie and they lose. So I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of torn. I'm like, I, I was joking around. I was like, I was joking around. I was like, you know, I was happy when McDonough won the first one. I don't know about the third one. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, like, it's yeah. like, oh man, I don't know. Like, I'm starting to like John Cooper now. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, this isn't good. But it's hey, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna be an it's gonna be an interesting off season for the Rangers, regardless. I mean, just the right off the bat with the Kratzoff news. Now all the 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 free agents, the moves that happen and whatnot. Um, just really looking forward to, to next season. And we'll, we'll definitely have to get you on again 
once some more uh, dominoes start falling and we can kind of circle back and see where we're going with this one. Yeah, right. July 1st, right? We'll uh, start, yep. start putting the names <laughs> on the table, see who's yep. resigned. And uh, it'd be, I, I think, uh, one more kind of like thought I've had in prediction, I guess. Um, the RFAs they have, Gorgiev, um, uh, Gautier, all guys I don't think are part of this future. Yeah. I, and the Rangers only have, I think it's four draft picks. That's it in this upcoming draft. I can see them moving those guys out soon for picks. I wonder. Moving the rights out. And even if it's just, I think you could probably get a probably fourth for Georgie and maybe a five or six for, for Gautier and, um, it seemed like he had some interest last year from teams. So I can see them moving them out for picks just to get something for them and uh, just trying to give the Rangers some draft capital. But um, but who knows, though? But I, I just feel like those guys are just not part of the future. And they – especially Gautier, like, he's so far down the list now, I think, yeah. from the returners and everything else. Like I, I think he's completely out of it now. And, and he basically, you know, you, you thought Quinn was not giving him a chance and then you kind of saw in a gallant that he – Gave him more of a chance, and he he can't score. You know, he, the guy is can't score. He's he, he can skate like the he wind. He can draw a penalty like no one else, but he just can't finish. Can can skate like the wind, and can <laughs> has the size of Rick Nash, but has... exactly you like you see like he's like Kreider, but like he just <laughs> just doesn't have it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I mean, it just is what it is. But yeah, I. That is a good point, though, because the Rangers for the next the next two years they're kind of lean on the draft picks. They only have yeah. four for this year because they they lost the one obviously with the cop deal, um, and then they've got five the following year. So maybe they do, because you always want. I mean, that's the one thing I always look at. At a certain point, when you get along in a in a in a progression where you're going from you know playoff playoff team to contender to you know possible champion or a level of Tampa. You got to start moving around and, and moving away from prospects and making moves and to better the roster, uh-huh. but it's never a bad idea to keep that cupboard. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to end up like Chicago or LA, where it, where you fall into like a black hole for a bit, and that's a trap that a lot of teams that can kind of go on these like dynasty or championship runs kind of fall into. So it is a good it, that is a good interesting strategy. It'll be interesting to see if they if they hold if they play with that. And the NHL draft, you could be a fifth round pick, and you know I mean? that that's a complete yeah. lottery, and that. That's the one sport where you can be like, you know, oh, look at Hank, seventh round pick. Like, you know, like there's yep. so many guys that come out in the fourth, fifth round that just that make it over other guys. Yep. Yeah, you never know. All right, Kyle, appreciate it as always. Yeah, thanks we're not for having me on. The cup final, but hey, we had a <laughs> phenomenal season, and it was all, you know, all great, and hopefully on the way up and on the up and up from here. So we'll definitely have to do this again. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk again in the off season, and, and I think it's safe to say the rebuild's over, right? We're uh, yeah. we're done with it. We're it's time to now, time it's to... cup time, right? Yep. <laughs>